Ticket City presents Why You Go to the Game to See Georgia Southern. The play is known simply as the run. Peterson took a handoff up the middle, broke a tackle at the line of scrimmage, spins away from the next defender he meets, and he shakes off a diving tackler. 30 yards down the field, he meets another defender and literally throws him out of the way with his right arm, grabs him by the shoulder pad, and swipes him off onto the sideline. It was really so surreal because the place is going completely berserk during the run until he throws off that defender. He throws off that defender, the whole place went silent, stone silent, like an intake of breath. It was just so amazing. Nobody had ever seen it before. And then, of course, the place exploded again after they all caught their breath. Put yourself in the action with Ticket City. Visit savannahnow.com slash sports and click on tickets. Oh, he will. Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now. Down the sideline. If he can get loose, he's gone. Illigway will score. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern. All right, Georgia Southern fans, welcome back to Georgia Southern Extra, your home for Georgia Southern football news. Um, I'm Travis Stradon from the Savannah Morning News, beat writer, joined as always by Greg Talbot. Greg, how are you, man? Uh, I, I'm doing like Eagle Nation, Travis, which is pretty darn good heading into this week, bud. You cannot be doing that good because the Eagle Nation is well right now after a big win over Arkansas State, 28-21. If you were there in Paulson Stadium on Saturday, boy, it was a treat. And uh, obviously, we'll talk all about that. We'll preview South Alabama coming up this week in Statesboro. And then at the end of the episode, a special, a real honor, I think, Greg, uh, to have Adrian Peterson join us on the podcast and, and really just talk about the state of the program as he sees it. But we'll start with um, our four downs, and I'll begin, Greg, with my first down. Happy birthday to Wes Kennedy and Bob DeBess. Uh, the two really combined on a brilliant play call to end the game uh, for Georgia Southern, their last offensive play. A 47-yard pitch reverse to Wes Kennedy from Shywerts to essentially seal the game, Greg, but both of those guys would turn, or Wes Kennedy would turn 20. I don't know how old Bob DeBess would turn, but they both had birthdays on Sunday, and really the best's play call there was brilliant, and the team and West Kennedy, especially the execution, was brilliant. So uh, the best earned his paycheck, and then happy birthday to both of those guys. Greg, what, what do you got for second down? Oh, well, I actually want to touch on the the end of your first down first. I went on a little bit of a Twitter. Uh, I went on a, tri- a Twitter praise fest for the best because he had been drawing Arkansas State's defense in on the rope a dope all game long. Multiple times, they ran the play where they motioned Kennedy from the slot to the backfield, and then once he got to the backfield, they turned around, went back to the way Kennedy came from, and ran the option. This was the one time in the game that when Kennedy started motioning to the backfield, he didn't stop. It was freaking brilliant. It was a -a rope-a-dope. He caught them totally off guard. And the fact that he called that and pulled it out of his back pocket at exactly the right moment was beautiful. Yeah, it was I mean, just perfectly executed. And like you said, you could kind of see it being set up, and maybe not before the play, but after the play, you kind of realized. In hindsight. Yeah, yeah in yeah. hindsight. Yeah. All right, what do you got for your second down? All right, my second down is that uh, I was a little skeptical of the bend-but-don't-break defense for Scott Sloan in this Georgia Southern secondary, and I think I am no longer skeptical. Uh, Justice Hansen, the Arkansas State quarterback, was only two touchdowns away from becoming the all-time touchdown passing leader at Arkansas State. Yeah. I thought he would easily get that. I thought he would throw for three or four, 
And while he did throw for, uh, I don't know the final stats in front of me, I assume it's around 250 yards, maybe 300 oh, yards. Yeah, he was 38 of 50, 376, passing touchdown Jeez. and running touchdown. Yeah, so I was like, over 300 yards. So they like, a yeah, lot, and but then, they never broke. That's exactly right, and that's what happened against UMass and Andrew Ford as well. Mm-hmm. well we, we're, we're lucky enough on the ESPN Plus broadcast to get to have a weekly in-person meeting with both coordinators and then Chad Lunsford to hear about what they're thinking for the game, and Scott Sloan said, hey, I don't care if we give up yards. I care if we give up touchdowns, and I care if we give up game. He basically said yards don't matter at the end of the day. Touchdowns and points matter at the end of the day. And I left that coaching meeting going, well, that might have been one thing against UMass. Good luck doing that against Arkansas State. And, and holy crap, they did it against Arkansas State. I was so impressed by Scott Sloan and their plan for the secondary. No, me too. I mean, I I was definitely skeptical coming in. And it's unique. I think Georgia Southern's unique in the sense that both of their coordinators kind of think the same way and they complement each other well. I mean, Bob DeVest has stated before he couldn't give a rip about time of possession or first downs or total plays or anything like that. He just cares about scoring points. And then on the opposite side, it's uh, the same thing for Scott Sloan. He doesn't care how many yards they give up or anything like that as long as they're you know, not giving up the points at the end of the drive. But, yeah, I was impressed. Uh, the Arkansas State offense was on the field for 87 plays um, versus Georgia Southern's 52 plays. So if you would have told me before the game that Arkansas State was going to run 87 offensive plays, I would not have liked Georgia Southern's odds to win this game. But, like you said, that's... That's a testament to the bend-don't-break attitude of this defense and really shows what kind of depth they have, probably more depth than we thought originally. And I would also go as far to say, speaking of the, of the point total there, uh, you and I were talking on the podcast last week about the, the Vegas spread, and depending on where you looked, uh, Arkansas State was either the favorite by three or three and a half, mm-hmm. and I thought that sounded about right. Uh, I thought that was maybe a little generous to Southern, Vegas had it exactly right, man. I mean, good for Georgia there? Southern for, for not only covering but winning outright. Yeah, imagine that. Vegas was right, huh? Don't see a lot of poor casinos in Vegas. There's <laughs> a reason. All right, well, we'll stick with the Vegas trend for my third down. Um, I'll say that this is one of just another uh, opportunity for Georgia Southern to prove something else about this team. So they've crossed off some things off the checklist for this season, and one of those was, you know, to kind of make a statement to the Sun Belt by beating Arkansas State as an underdog. They were underdogs against UMass. Um, South Carolina State, they were a favorite. But here to this week, right now, they're in a 13-and-a-half-point favorite for South Alabama. A, a Sun Belt game where Georgia Southern is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite, this is the first time that that's happened in a while. So this is another opportunity for Georgia Southern to say, hey, we – you know, we upset Arkansas State, at least, you know, as the spread goes, we upset them. Now, here's what we can do as the favorite. Here's us taking care of business, you know, when we're expected to take care of business. So they can once again prove that they've kind of followed the lead of their head coach, Chad Lunsford, by by taking care of business on Saturday. And I, I don't think they're going to have any problems, but if they do, I could imagine them being early on. If they come out and you know, on fire, and they never really have any problems with South Alabama, you know, that'll be just another thing that we can add to the list that Georgia Southern's taken care of. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I appreciate the fact that they are the favorites, but I, I, I might take the points. 14 
sounds potentially like like a like a pretty big difference in a game, and we'll talk about this in a minute when we get into the actual South Alabama game. But South Alabama wins a lot of games they're not supposed to win, and it loses a lot of games they're not supposed to lose. So yeah. they're they're a wild card, and I think they're kind of a quartered animal headed into this game. Um, my fourth down is I think for the real first time since I've been in Savannah, I experienced partially the the power of Paulson. Like, there's a reason they won over 80% of their games in that stadium. And just for the timeline, I got to Savannah as the WSAB sports director in February of 2016. And my, my first year covering the team, which was the 2016 season, that's when they set the record against UL Monroe, I think, for, for most people packed in that stadium. But if my memory serves me correctly, it wasn't uh, a hugely insane game. And if, and if it was, it, the, my memory's escaping me. But I remember that they, that they got all those people in there, and it was a terrific experience. I, can, I, I felt that building shake, and I felt like one in the fourth quarter when Hanson tied that game on that rushing touchdown for yeah. Arkansas State, when Southern got the ball back with five minutes, I knew there was no way they were going to lose that game in that building. There was just no way they were going to lose. Um, so I think moving forward, any game Southern keeps within a touchdown at home, they're going to win. I can say that with, with, with some confidence. I'm with you, Greg, and I think a lot of people are with you. I, I, don't, I, I wasn't as confident. I'll say that. I wasn't as confident after um, Arkansas State's just super impressive drive uh, in the fourth quarter. Let's see, that drive was 16 plays, 77 yards, and five and a half minutes, Greg. That's a, that's a big boy drive. And, um, you know, I, I said it uh, earlier this week, uh, I was talking to someone about the game, and, and I said, I don't know that last year's team, and Greg, you were around last year's team, you can speak to this, I don't know that last year's team responds the way that this year's team did after, a, after giving up a 16-play 77-yard game-tying touchdown drive in the fourth quarter. Um, I think it depends which of the two coaches they had. <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends what time of year they would have played them. Yeah. You know, I don't know how logistically it happened, but that final drive you know, could have gone a completely different direction. I mean, they were, they were what was it, third and eight from the 47 and really kind of in no man's land as far as the clock went, as far as where they were on the field. So for West Kennedy to get that touchdown was obviously gigantic. I blew my voice. I, I don't know if you can hear it. It's now Wednesday cool. afternoon as we record this. I come. I mean, my 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 lovely poor fiance. The whole weekend, I get Saturday. And I was like, "Hun, I'm not going to talk until Monday." So like, I'll talk to you on Monday, but I'll just like sit next to you for the rest of the weekend because I physically couldn't talk. I totally blew my voice out calling that game. Now, was, was she upset that you couldn't talk all weekend, or did she feel like she had a break? I was going to say I feel like she probably enjoyed it. <laughs> Can't blame her on that. All right, let's run over some things real quick um, as far as where Georgia Southern stands in the Sun Belt. You know, not, not to just list off numbers and stats, but it's telling when you look at the Sun Belt team ranks as far as uh, you know, the basic team stats go. It's telling to see where Georgia Southern is and kind of see where this team is placing um, compared to, to other teams that, as the sample size gets bigger. So uh, some notable places where they rank their second in scoring defense, allowing 19.5 per game. Obviously, they're dead last in pass offense, and I guess also obviously first in rushing offense at uh, 270 yards a game. But, Greg, here's the, here's the thing that sticks out for me, and we talked about it all preseason, really, is, is these two things. Your pass defense efficiency is number two in the conference, and your passing efficiency is number three in the conference. So remember we said 
even if you're not passing the ball a lot, when you do, you had better be efficient. And although, you know, Wirtz is getting sacked a lot of the times that he drops back and at least hurried a lot of the times that he drops back, he's still finding a way to be fairly efficient um, as, as he's 15 of 28 on the season. So, and obviously the pass defense being efficient is huge too. I thought Monquavian Brinson and Kendall Vildor had just another excellent game at the cornerback slots on Saturday. Yeah, Brin- Brinson was, was unbelievable. Yeah, and I know that, I know that uh, Hunt, Logan Hunt, was the Sunbelt Conference Defensive Player of the Week because of his sacks and his tackles for loss. But so. outside of outside of Logan, I, my, my eyes were just locked in on Monquavian. The amount of pass breakups he got that he shouldn't have been able to get were just terrific. Yeah, and the way that they, Vildor too, the way that they read those under, the under routes, so like on third and eight, a few times, you know, they would be covering a man and then see, recognize that the pass was coming uh, in front of them, and they would step up and make a tackle. You know, I think a lot of times, looking back at games last year, not just those two guys, but a lot of the times, the, you know, the tackles were falling the other way. So Georgia Southern was allowing another extra one or two yards on those tackles, and it just seems like on Saturday, every time they needed to stop them, they would stop them right before the chains with solid tackling. Agreed for me. Uh, let's see what else. So the the penalties, Greg, were really something. After you know committing, let's see. I think they committed nine penalties in the first three games combined. They f- committed seven first half penalties on Saturday, Greg. And I don't know. A lot of those were holding, especially in the second quarter. There, back to back holding penalties or negating back to back third down and long conversions. So that's another thing that Georgia Southern bounced back from. But what's encouraging about those penalties, Greg, is that they had seven in the first half. Obviously, Lunsford addressed it at halftime. They had one in the second half. Now, they had the OB fortune targeting, but that was declined, so that doesn't count. So just one accepted penalty in the second half going against Georgia Southern shows that they definitely can adjust at the half. Yeah, and speaking of OB, uh, I, I got the official confirmation he's got to sit the first half of, of this coming game against South Alabama. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's just kind of the letter of the law. When I talked to Lunsford on the Monday uh, conference telecall. He said, you know, quote, I understand why they called it, but it'll be interesting to see how the conference views it because it doesn't look malicious when you watch it over. It looks like the defensive guy is bringing more of the blow to me, but it is what it is. So in classic Lunsford fashion, addressing something and then basically saying we can't control it, move on, it is what it is. So, exactly. you know, it's unfortunate for Fortune uh, to have to sit out the first half, but uh, I think that you know there could be bigger losses for Georgia Southern than that. And if you're going to pick one game, you know, in the upcoming schedule to miss the first half, it's it's probably this one. South Alabama's going to come in at one and four, one and one in the Sun Belt. They're actually the only team in the Western Division to have won a game. How many people do you think had that, Greg? That South Alabama was going to be first place in the Western Division of the Sun Belt Conference this time. I'll tell you, man, that there is something about this game where, again, entertainment purposes only, I might take the points. Uh, th- there is something about them feeling like a cornered dog. If you read their press conference yeah. quotes from Monday, that makes me feel like this is going to be a field goal game. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think this is going to be a close game. I think they I mean, so I actually, so I'm, I'm building my sports cast for WSAV tonight right now. Uh, as we do this, and here's what their tight end Collier Smith said this week, quote, it's hard to go into this week and not remember what happened last year in Statesboro. I don't think they won a game before they played us. We had just beat Ark State in Troy, and we go into Statesboro thinking we're going to have a pretty good chance of beating them, and they destroy us. 
Now it's flipped. We are down. They just beat Arc State, and now we're going to go right the wrong that happened to us last year. You have to take it personal as a player and as a team this week when we prepare. Go in with some fight and leave on top. And I wish you could hear the tone in his voice when he says that on video. South Alabama is pissed. I think this game is closer than 13.5 points. I think Southern's got to be ready for a dogfight. Yeah, Greg, I could hear it in your voice when we first started the podcast. You, you, I could tell you were worried about this week at least a little bit, and I guess that confirms it. I mean, that's that's uh, that's the first time I've heard that quote. That's a pretty strong take for a team that lost 52 to nothing last year. Um, Even in college football, you don't. That's something you might hear if you like egg on a kid to say something after right. a big game in high school. Right. College players don't say that crap like this team is pissed and ready man i'm telling you yeah and and i think last year the the loss to georgia southern led to their coach either their longtime coach and his name's escaping me either being fired or resigning is that right do you, do you know oh i know they got a first year head coach and yeah i know i know it was related to what happened last year in statesboro so my my only point going in is that i i, I have my i have my weekly coaches meeting with the southern coaches tomorrow i can already tell you what they're going to say because it's basically what Chad already said on Monday. I said, how much validation do you feel after after beating Arkansas State? He goes, validation? Yeah. We've won three football games. Yeah. Like, well, like he, he smiled when he said it, but he's like, what are you talking about? And there are not a lot of teams, I think, that really want to put the hurt on Southern more right now in the Sun Belt Conference. I would say South Alabama and App State and maybe Georgia State. Those are the teams that really want to stick it to Southern and of those three teams. I think it's South Alabama and, and, and App more than anyone else. I think the South Alabama team feels really embarrassed about what happened last year. They were caught off guard. I think they have a really nasty, sour taste in their mouth all of last year and all of this year so far. I think this is going to be really tough. Yeah, and you know another thing to make this game unique, you know, is obviously Georgia Southern's the favorite. We've touched on that. It's homecoming in Statesboro, so it could be, uh, I guess, a bit of distraction if you buy into that kind of thing. And then, like you said, a team that you beat last year, the only team on on your schedule this year that you beat last year is South Alabama. So this is the only opportunity for Georgia Southern, I think, really to face a team that's that is looking for revenge against them. And, you know, it's not like Georgia Southern escaped South Alabama last year. It was a shellacking. So 52 to nothing, that quote from the, from South Alabama's tight end kind of tells it all, that they have more to prove than just, you know, a simple Sunbelt game uh, in, in early October. So, you know, another another chance for Georgia Southern to prove something to themselves and, and to a lot of people watching on Saturday. Uh, Greg, yeah, no, no, on the bright side, speaking about South Alabama, uh, I think it was a 28-point spread for them against App State last week, and App State whooped them 52-7. to yeah. um, So I'm wondering if South Alabama quite has the, the defensive ability, because not only do they not have a great defense, I think they're missing two or three defensive players down to injury. I think one or two of them are in the secondary, so... They've, they've got a decent offense. I mean, they have Jamarius Way, who leads the conference in receiving 500 yards already. That is more than all Georgia Southern's receivers combined, yeah. plus an extra 200 yards left over. And Kwan Baker leads the conference in, in scoring. He's got eight touchdowns in five games. So yeah. they have weapons on offense. Uh, their, their defense is pretty weak. But I think considering Southern doesn't throw the ball a ton, 
considering they're missing a couple of guys in their secondary, I think they're happy they're missing guys in the secondary and not their defensive linemen and linebackers. So um, I, their offense is good. Their defense is a little bit weak. But, you know, I, I, I think that considering their injuries, Southern is a decently favorable matchup. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and like you said, they, they do have they, – they'll come in 1-4 and four and 1-1 one and one in the Sun Belt. But they do have the top scoring guy in the conference, like you said, in Kawan Baker with eight touchdowns. And then, you know, one of the top receivers in the league in Jamarius Way, who leads the league in receptions per game and receiving yards per game. So 35 receptions on the year for Way is is pretty impressive. But for me, Greg, I, I, I like Georgia Southern. and I, I would be tempted to take 13 and a half points for Georgia Southern. But, you know, I think a lot will be decided on Saturday based off of just how Georgia Southern comes out and, you know, how motivated they are right off the bat for a 3.30 game at Paulson Stadium. Greg, I wanted to touch on this before we wrap it up and head to the Adrian Peterson interview. Wesley Fields on Saturday racked up almost 100 yards, um, large chunk of that on I think it was a 64-yard run setting up a Monteo Garrett touchdown. And Fields is, is kind of slowly and steadily climbing up the Georgia Southern all-time rushing rushing list. He's now 14th past Dominique Swope on Saturday. Uh, or he's 15th, I'm sorry. Fields is 15th right now with 2,283 career rushing yards. So I think as Fields goes, you know, he... he is not the kind of guy that's going to, you know, a lightning bolt as far as what he says before games or what he says after games. And honestly, that's kind of the way he plays and the way he's played his whole career at Georgia Southern, just real steady. And, you know, although he can kind of disappear for a quarter or two, uh, just with, you know, with those middle read options and two, three yards at a time, he's been ultra steady for Georgia Southern this year. And, you know, as we, as I just said in his career, He's obviously been steady as he's now in the top 15 in all-time rushers at Georgia Southern, no less. Yeah, and, and entering the season, I would have thought that we would see a lot of big home run hitting from Monteo Garrett. But really, yeah. the offensive threat, it, it's, it's shy and it's, and it's Wesley Fields. Uh, mm-hmm. Shy, as of now, I don't know if you saw this, shy is now the number two rusher in the Sunbelt Conference. Yeah. As a quarterback, which is which is really impressive. Yeah, three hundred and sixty-nine um, yards, six touchdowns for a five-yard carry average is, is pretty good. Ninety-two yards a game. So you know, it, it's worked in its fields, and I know Garrett is is kind of the, the change of pace back now. Yeah. But yeah, really, it's shy and it's Wesley, and they have taken the offense over, and I, and I think that's a good well them and then in Kennedy. Uh, and I think that's a good thing. I think having a couple, you know, having a good supporting cast is important, but. I think uh, Wesley has established himself enough that if it's going to be, you know, not up against the goal line, you can give it to him and and, and expect him to be the best chance to pick up yards unless Shai keeps it himself. Yeah, and they, and they trust him fully. I thought it was interesting. Uh, Saturday marked the third time in the first four games that Westfield's up the middle was the first play call of the game. So they're nothing if not uh, consistent, Greg. Uh, you want to touch on anything else before we wrap it up and head to the Adrian Peterson interview? Just like last week, in uh, like the, every other home game before, uh, ESPN Plus is where you can watch the broadcast. Five dollars a month, uh, very, very worth it in my opinion, especially considering how good the broadcasts have gotten. Uh, our our crew at Georgia Southern did a pretty damn good job uh, with the, with the telecast last weekend. So I'm proud of the work they did, proud of the work we did, and. We're looking forward to bringing you another really good broadcast. Um, 
my, my thought is that I hope, man, if you weren't planning on coming to Homecoming before, mm-hmm. after they just beat the unanimous favorite to win the Sunbelt Conference, unless you live farther away than Atlanta, please get your butt down to Pulse. Bring your kids. Like, whatever you got to do to do this, I mean, what other game are you going to come for? You're not going to drive down from, from Tennessee or wherever else you live uh, for uh, the Thursday nighter against App State. Right. Troy, I think Troy's at 2 o'clock kickoff in November. Like, there, there are... There, this is one of three home games remaining. It stinks they front-loaded the schedule so hard, but here we are. Well, then we move on um, to basketball. There, yeah, there are only three home games left. One of them's on a Thursday night, and the other is, is in November, and it's going to be an afternoon kick. Like, unless you live farther away than Atlanta, get here for this game. Like, wh- I don't know what more Chad Lunsford can do to prove to you that that, 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 that stadium needs to be full, you know? Yeah, besides, I mean, going out and going door-to-door and <laughs> begging people, there's nothing else Chad Lunsford could do. I mean, he's clearly, it matters to him, and clearly yep. he thinks that it matters to the team, and frankly, so do I. For us uh, at the Savannah Morning News, as always, check us out online at savannahnow.com slash sports. Uh, right now we have a bunch of Georgia Southern coverage up there, some, some stuff from, from Adrian Peterson. Uh, if the audio wasn't enough for you, there's some stuff there on him. Our Eagle Extra is just kind of doing some housekeeping uh, on the Georgia Southern football team. Um, and then later on this week, we'll have a feature on kind of the brand of Georgia Southern and how they're branding themselves along social media sites. Uh, so so really excited with, with Georgia Southern's 3 and one start. So we'll try to stay hot as well as, as the Eagles are hot. So, uh, Greg, thanks, man. And we'll see you on Saturday. Uh, you guys listening can enjoy the Adrian Peterson podcast right after the break. Adam Van Bremer here, editorial page editor of the Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com and the host of two regular podcasts, The Commute and Difference Makers. Get your daily local news and opinion fix on The Commute. Available each weekday afternoon, The Commute offers insights into the day's hottest topics with commentary from those who know the subjects best. Our other regular production is the bi-weekly Difference Makers podcast, which is dedicated to sharing stories and insights from Savannah's key players, the men and women who lead our city in commerce, in arts and culture, in philanthropy, in government, and in education. Episodes post every other Friday and like The Commute are on demand through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at savannahnow.com. Make listening to The Commute and Difference Makers a part of your regular routine today. All right, we have Georgia Southern legendary running back Adrian Peterson with us today on Georgia Southern Extra. Really excited about this. If you're listening to this podcast, you obviously know who Adrian Peterson is. He does not, not need any introduction from me and uh, certainly don't have enough time to run through all of his accomplishments at Georgia Southern. But Adrian, thank you for joining us. How are you? All, all is good, man. Doing well. Thank you guys for having me. So I first wanted to start with your new role with the football team. I know you took a job with the program not too long ago. Kind of tell everyone, you know, what your what your job is and then what your day-to-day responsibilities are uh, with the football program. Yeah, so the uh, official title is a Director of Student-Athlete Development. And uh, day-to-day, I academic side of things. So um, uh, once a week, I meet with our ac- academic staff and get an update on uh, – Guys, classes, and and if anyone is struggling, on um, you know, I I re- report that to to the head coach and to their position coach, just to give them a heads up. So you know, midway midway in 
you know, it's no no surprises. And I uh, also helped the, the guys make that transition. So for our incoming freshmen, um, helped them with that transition from high school to college, whether it is in the classroom academically, studying tips or on the football field. Um, you know, our practices are a little bit more difficult than, than your traditional high school practice. So, you know, I see guys out there midway through practice hit a wall. And, you know, where your high school practice would be ending, you know, we are just midway through it. And then uh, also being a, a mentor, a mentor to the guys, you know, someone who who played here, um, you know, was 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 very uh, successful um, individually, but more importantly as a team, uh, you know, as you you know, was on two Division One double national championship teams, and uh, so had tremendous tremendous success, and um, and team always come first. And then you know another another duty is um, the recruiting aspect when, when recruits come on campus, being able to sit down with the, the recruits and, and their parents, and you know give them an experience of my years here in Statesboro um, as a college athlete. Uh, even though a lot has changed, um, it, it's still pretty much the same. Um, the community expects us at a win, and um, that's what what we expect um, as a coaching staff now. And Adrian, you talked about helping um, incoming freshmen when they come from high school to college. I think a lot of fans don't realize the transition that those guys have to make off the field. I guess could you talk about briefly how how you can help guys transfer into college off the field and not so much on the field so helping them you know academically and then even simple stuff like moving into a new place and moving to a new city yeah of course uh and you know in high school you are you you typically are at school from about seven thirty, seven forty-five, till about two thirty, two forty-five, and then you know if you are a student athlete you're going to go to practice from about three till about six p.m Whereas in college, you know, you may only have one or two classes per day, and then you know, sprinkle in a, a little study hall tutoring time. But the one thing that that you notice is a lot more free time, and um, and and everybody everybody doesn't handle free time well. Right. And you know, as when recruits come in, and that's one thing that I mentioned to uh, mom and dad. You know, you know, free time isn't good for everyone. So teaching them how to manage that "quote unquote" free time, whether it's going to the library, um, doing a little bit of extra reading, because you know our schedule is a little bit different than a typical um, college student. And then Adrian, I guess you know you're around this program. Obviously, you know the the Eagles are off to a three and one start and coming off a pretty exciting win over Arkansas State. Just so far this season, what have you noticed about um, kind of the new culture at Georgia Southern under Coach Lunsford? You know, the brotherhood. And, and, and you know, that's one thing that um, we always preach is, is brotherhood. Don't just do it for yourself, but do it for the guy who's standing next to you. Um, you, you know, because at the, at the end, of, end of your career, you know, you know, you want to you want to remember that you laid it all out on the line, mm-hmm. and uh, those guys are doing an amazing job. And um, 
and it's showing. It's showing. It's showing on the field and also in the um, classroom. As you know, the the expectations in Statesboro are always high. I mean, you had a large part in creating those expectations and the success your teams had while you were while you were a Georgia Southern Eagle. When you talk to some of these guys and maybe some of the guys that don't understand immediately the high expectations at Georgia Southern, how how can you kind of explain to them what the expectation is there? Um, it's real easy. It's real easy, and, and you know it, when, when you, you walk in the building. And um, and you see the the tradition, um, you know how the, the the football program started, you know to to start in three years and then win a national title and continuing being being one of the most most dominant um, you know universities, and, uh, and and you know so every time the guys walk in, they get a taste of that. And, and you know, every now and then, I, I will I will sprinkle in a, a little comment um, and remind them uh, what's expected, and uh, and the guys are are accepting that um, well, and it and it's showing. So, Adrian, I've noticed on social media and just kind of you know in in the media in general that a, a lot of former Eagles are starting to take notice of this team, of this you know three and one start. Have you talked to any other? Former teammates or former Eagles that are excited about this year's team? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and um, and 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 Coach Lunsford is, is doing an amazing job of inviting um, guys and having guys stop in and, and whether it's attending to a, a game or sitting on a meeting or speak at the team uh, um, meeting. Mm-hmm. But everybody, everyone is one of I'm excited. And, and you know we're going to continue to remind our our guys that you know we still have a lot to do. We still have a lot to do, and to uh, stay focused, stay focused. And then Adrian, are there, is there anyone specifically on on this year's team that kind of stands out for you? Um, you know, maybe one of the running backs that, that you like the way they run, or just generally somebody that stands out. You like the way they go about things. I say the whole team. I mean, you, you know, you guys saw. The beginning of last year, and mm-hmm. um, and you know to come back and um, start off at a season fast. Um, that's that's character because it could have easily been. Oh man, we're not going to have have a great season. But everybody worked hard in the spring, in the summer, and bought in and bought in. Of course, we have a, a lot left. We, we, uh, I guess, I guess, want to do, mm-hmm. but uh, I'll say whole team have bought in. All right, Adrian, and then finally, as as Georgia Southern kind of moves into the Sun Belt um, in earnest this week against South Alabama, Dave, I know Coach Lunsford has been trying and trying to to promote that Pac Paulson agenda, uh, and then last week, so they had seventeen thousand and fifteen thousand week one, so it's go is you know it's gradually increasing. I guess if you could talk. To the Georgia Southern fan base right now, and kind of sell them on this team and why they need to come out to Paulson Stadium. What would you say to them? Oh man, that's a great atmosphere. It's a it's a great atmosphere, and and you know for the ones who who were there Saturday night, um, got a treat. Mm-hmm. Um, a game winning drive. Um, so I mean, if you missed it, missed the treat. But but guess what? You got an opportunity to come out on Saturday. And join the fun. 
That's right. All right. Well, Adrian, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we look forward to seeing you in Statesboro this year. All right, man. You have a good one, man. Thank you, man. Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now. Down the sideline. If he can get loose, he's gone. Illigway will score. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern.